Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Leslie McClurg in today for Mina Kim. People of all genders have rimmed their eyes with pigment for thousands of years. But as Zara Hankir explains in her new book on the history of eyeliner, its use goes far beyond aesthetics. Eyeliner has also served as a vehicle for identity, self-expression, and protest. From Bedouin men to Egyptian queen Nefertiti to modern-day Iran, Hankir joins us to discuss eyeliner, a cultural history. That's next after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Leslie McClurg in today for Mina Kim. Okay, so I admit, eyeliner completely intimidates me. I look I look more like a cartoon character than anything else when I try to line my eyes. But eyeliner devotees say it not only transforms how they look, but also how they feel and how they carry themselves in the world. Whether you prefer liquid, gel, pencil, powder, or handmade mixtures, eyeliner enthusiasts span the globe. And this practice dates back millennia. Author Zara Hankir turned her love of eyeliner into a very comprehensive book called Eyeliner, A Cultural History. And she is here to discuss it with us today. Welcome to Forum, Zara. Hi, Leslie. Thank you so much for having me. So break it down for us. What is your eyeliner routine? Um, <laughs> it's a good question. I like to call my look ancestral chic, and that's because what I tend to do is I line my waterline. So that would be sort of that line where your lower lashes grow. I line that with coal, which is the earliest iteration of eyeliner that's usually made from natural materials. And I get that from the Middle East, where I'm from. And I, I line my upper lid with a, um, liquid eyeliner. So I give that kind of a little bit of an Amy Winehouse look. So I call it modern meets ancient because I evoke a little bit of Queen Nefertiti with that lower line and then a little bit of, Nefert- of um, Amy Winehouse with that uh, upper lid. I imagine many of our listeners right now are Googling you because that sounds gorgeous. Uh, <laughs> this, this book was sparked by your mother and the ritual that you witnessed her do, I think, probably every morning. How did that experience inspire you then to spend what I imagine was months, maybe years, writing this book? 
Sure. So I grew up in the United Kingdom. I'm of Lebanese and Egyptian heritage. And uh, my parents had moved to the UK during the Lebanese Civil War. And uh, my parents had six children. And of course, my mother was constantly surrounded by chaos, given that she had so many kids and so much to do. But I used to feel every morning when I would observe her apply her eyeliner that the world kind of came to a standstill. Her hand was very steady. She applied her lines with such precision. And even back then, as a kid, I realized that there was a little bit more to her applying her eyeliner than just the idea that it beautified her and made her look better because she was applying coal to her eyes. So I realized that there was some sort of a connection to our heritage and our culture and our ancestry by way of the material that she used to uh, line her eyes. So that kind of kicked off my interest in eyeliner. And also I started to wear it quite young because I felt like it connected me as well to my culture and my heritage. And has that experience for you changed over time in terms of what you're trying to say to the world? I mean, if you were wearing it, I think you said at 12 in the, in the book. Has that has that transformed over time for you? I would say it's merely strengthened with time in the sense that, you know, I continue to live in the West. I live in New York City right now. And whenever I apply my eyeliner in the morning, I feel that I engage in the same ritualistic practice that my mother experienced in that I'm also connecting to my homeland, to uh, where I spent so much of, a, of my life and to the beauty of my heritage. So I feel like I'm almost kind of channeling my ancestry with my eyes. And that's uh, something that's deeply important to me. And I continue to um, feel quite close to my heritage because of my eyeliner. Your, fir- your first book was about Arab journalists, which I'm sure you know, lands very much home since, since you are one. What do you think unites these two books? Why did you turn from one one might argue a very, very serious topic to to what one might say a lighter topic. Sure. Um, I acknowledge that the subject matters seem quite different. I mean, with the first book, there were very hefty themes of kind of conflict and socioeconomic upheaval in the Arab world. Um, It was a collection of essays, actually, by Arab women journalists that I edited. And the second book, obviously, is about eyeliner, which on the surface seems to be quite a superficial topic. But then based on my exploration in the book and my research in the book, what we learn is that so many um, cultures across the global south in particular use eyeliner in a way that far transcends aesthetics. And to me, what unites both books is that they really deflect from the Western gaze. So what you're doing is you're looking away from the West and you're uplifting stories that come from particular regions that maybe don't get enough attention as they should. And what my mother has told me constantly when I tell her that the transition from one book to the next felt quite jarring. She always says to me that it's just as important to uplift our cultures and to celebrate it um, as it is to kind of spotlight the stories of pain and suffering. And in fact, we should be actually writing more about the joy that comes from our culture as well. When I was reading this book, it was, you know, a deep dive into the history and and culture of, of the Middle East. So what are some of the earliest iterations of eyeliner? Sure. So eyeliner originated in ancient Egypt. And uh, I actually focused mostly on Queen Nefertiti because I think she kind of embodies uh, just how powerful eyeliner looked on the eyes of ancient Egyptians. They were not only wearing eyeliner to um, beautify themselves, but also to honor the gods, to ward off the evil eye or the evil spirit, but also for practical purposes. So it um, protected the eyes from the glare of the sun, and it also treated the eyes medicinally for bacterial infections and so on. So um, eyeliner could also convey uh, power. Um, depending on the materials used, you might be of a high, of an upper class. 
versus a lower class might use different uh, materials. So there are so many messages that are conveyed through the use of eyeliner. And actually, some of those uses are still very much present today in the global south and across the Middle East, Asia, and Africa. So that's quite fascinating to see that through line connecting different time periods and different cultures. I find that fascinating. So if you line your eyes, does that really work to, to deflect the sun? I mean, does eyeliner really protect your eyes in the, you know, under, under a really glaring sun in the desert? Absolutely. In the same way that American football players uh, wear lamp black, so that sort of they shade their eyes with black. It's the same concept. So it reflects the glare of the sun. And yes, it also depends on the materials used. But yes, absolutely. Across multiple nomadic and Bedouin communities, this is one of their main purposes for why they wear eyeliner. That was another kind of eye-opening part of the book was the, the vast number of materials used. So, so how is the stick that I could pick up at CVS quite different from some of the natural products that are used across cultures? <laughs> Great question. They're incredibly different. Uh, Western eyeliner formulations tend to be highly processed, whereas uh, eyeliner that takes on different um, names across Asia, Africa, Middle East, and the Arab world could be kajal, it could be sorme or surma or kol, um, tends to be made from natural materials. And those materials really range. They could be anything from uh, nuts to stones to um, tree sap to plants uh, to the dates of um, sorry to the stones of dates and olive seeds that kind of thing so um, the process usually involves the burning of some of those materials to create a, a soot and the pigment from the soot would actually be the the material that is deposited deposited onto the eyes with the help of a liquid and the um, the liquid could vary as well it could be anything from rose water to saliva to water so there's there's someone in, in your book that says she feels completely soulless if she doesn't wear her eyeliner. You wear your eyeliner to your Pilates class. There's a producer on our show that says she feels absolutely naked without her eyeliner. So what is it about eyeliner? For those who are listening and who don't wear eyeliner or someone even like me who's too intimidated to wear eyeliner, what is it about eyeliner that makes you feel why it's so important? Why is it so important? Sure. I mean, we know that saying that the eyes are the windows of the soul. It's quite serious business when you're choosing to line your eyes, given that you're putting actual pigment onto such an important feature of the face. And, you know, the lines can actually take on different uh, thickness and, and different, you know, the wings themselves can be of different angles. You might want to channel kind of a sexy or a sultry look. You might want to channel an assertive look. And that can all be done with eyeliners. And also, you can have quite a subtle look. And depending on the message you want to deliver, that look might make you feel like you're blending in um, to a certain community. So really, the uses are wide ranging. And I would agree with your producer. I do feel quite naked without my eyeliner on. And it's not just because of how it makes me look, but how, how it makes me feel. And also the fact that I um, channel my heritage and my ancestry and culture with my eyeliner. Okay, so if I feel like a cartoon character, where do I start if I want to feel sleek? I mean, these words, right? Sleek and exotic and powerful. Where, where does someone get some lessons on, on how, to, how to apply this stuff so it doesn't look horrible? Sure. I mean, there are plenty of tutorials online and it can seem quite intimidating. I would actually advise listeners to start with their waterline. So as I said earlier, that's where your lower lashes grow. And it's really, really quite easy to buy a pencil and then just with that eyeliner pencil, just drag the pencil along that waterline. And that is the most subtle look, but it is also very transformative because it will define the eye. And I feel like most people who do that tend to not go back after that. They start with that and then they'll graduate to wings and, and liquid eyeliner on their lids. 
And what color? There's a wide range of colors, obviously, that can make people look quite different. Some colors can age some people.、Um, people tend to use black,、um, but when you get older, people trend, tend to graduate to, let's say, browns or blues or greens. So it really depends on the person, their age, their skin tone, that kind of thing. So I would say experimentation is definitely key with eyeliner. We're talking with journalist Zara Hankir about her new book, Eyeliner A Cultural History, and it explores how eyeliner is a vehicle for identity, self expression, and empowerment. She's also the author of Our Women on the Ground Essays by Arab Women Reporting from the Arab World. We want to hear from you. Why do you wear eyeliner? What are you trying to express when you wear eyeliner? How does it make you feel? Give us a call at 866 733 6786. That's 866 733 6786. Or you can email your Comments and questions to forum at kqed.org or find us on Twitter, Instagram, or on our digital community of Discord. Go to kqed.org、uh, forum to sign up now.、Uh, so, so, Zara, what are you trying to say to the, to the world through this book? What is, what is your message? I think I really want people to understand the weight of history that eyeliner carries.、Uh, there is so much more to eyeliner than meets the eye. That eyeliner originates in the East and it is used across communities and cultures to today for purposes that go far beyond beauty. So I would like for people to understand that, to kind of offer credit where credit is due, and to understand that there is so much that can be said. When we are wearing eyeliner around our eyes, that it speaks to our identity. Eyeliner exists very comfortably, I would say, at the intersection between power, race, religion, spirituality, and it is used for those purposes in quite fascinating and often surprising ways as well. And I'm happy to talk through some of those if you'd like. <laughs> we will absolutely get into all of those. I think that the most profound part of this book is that it's just so rich in stories. So we will, we will absolutely cover all of those. Stay with us. We're talking with journalist Zara Hankir. Again, she's the author of a new book, Eyeliner A Cultural History, which explores how eyeliner is a vehicle for identity, self expression, and empowerment. Again, she is also the author of Our Women on the Ground Essays by Arab Women Reporting from the Arab World. And again, we want to hear from you. Why do you wear eyeliner? What are you trying to express when you do? And how does it make you feel? And what are some of your favorite styles? Give us a call, 866 733 6786. Again, 866 733 6786. 6786. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall to wall Wi Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall to wall Wi Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall to wall Wi Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply, not available in all areas, actual speeds vary. 
Welcome back to Forum. I'm Leslie McClurg. I'm in today for Mina Kim. And we're talking with journalist Zara Hankir about her new book, Eyeliner, A Cultural History. And we want to hear from you. Why do you wear eyeliner? What are you trying to express when you put it on in the morning? What eyeliner styles do you love? And who taught you how to put on your eyeliner? Give us a call now at 866-733-6786. Again, that's 866-733-6786. Or email your comments and questions to forum at kqed.org. Or find us on Twitter, Instagram, or our digital community on Discord. A listener on Discord writes, I love eyeliner, but I don't want to put anything harsh around my eyes, both in terms of the eyeliner and makeup remover. Are there any recommendations for natural and eco-friendly eyeliners and makeup removers? And also, of course, any tips on applying that type of eyeliner? Zara? Yeah, I think there can be plenty of natural formulas that are found online by independent sellers. So I would be very careful, though, when buying from them to research the ingredients that they use. But um, I would say if you're very, very concerned about the materials to stay away from highly processed eyeliners and to sort of look at the, um, the various natural ingredients that can be used. And any tips on those? Do they work differently or feel differently than the, than the more chemical products? They tend to be powder, and you would have to, like I said earlier, use sort of a liquid to help deposit the powder onto the eyes. So it really depends on the formulation used. But there are some great brands. One of them is called Kofi, which is great for when it comes to using these different um, formulations. So I would sort of look them up and explore and research. I think folks tend to think that eyeliner is is for females, but as we know, men wear, and of all genders, wear eyeliner, and you talk about this extensively in your book. So can you talk about some of the examples, like the, I don't know if I'm going to say this right, Wadabi tribe and, and also many Muslim men? Yeah, absolutely. So the Wadabi is a, a subgroup of the Fulani eth- ethnic group in Chad and other uh, regions around Chad that use eyeliner for purposes, like I said, that are um, quite varied. And one of the, the main ones is that they protect their eyes from the glare of the sun. But also for their beautification, it plays a significant role. And beauty is actually part of the Fulani's uh, moral code. So it takes on different layers of meaning there. And I actually traveled there to observe a beauty contest contest that is held annually, whereby the women actually judge the men for their beauty, which was very, very refreshing for me as a woman to see. And they spend sort of hours in the morning preparing themselves for this beauty contest. And eyeliner plays a significant role because they believe that contrast is quite beautiful. So like the darkness of the um, the outlining of the eyes against the whiteness of the eye, and then also they darken their lips, and that's against the whiteness of the teeth. So that was really fascinating to observe how the pressure is really on the men Mm. in that sense to beautify themselves and that um, eyeliner is actually so important to them that they wear it in pots as kind of like a talisman on necklaces. Wow. But then again, it's still to enhance attractiveness. So at at the the end of the day, is it kind of an ego booster for men as well? (laughs) Well, that was really fun for me to, to observe, especially in Petra. So I traveled to Jordan for one chapter of this book. And the Bedouin men there, um, they also apply the, the lines to their eyes to protect against the glare of the sun and to treat their eyes medicinally, also to express their religiosity because the Prophet Muhammad was said to have worn a form of eyeliner in Islam. And he actually um, 
recommended that Muslims do this as well. So men and women both wear it in religious communities. But in some cases, the young man will be talking to me about this quite seriously. And then they would kind of start laughing and they would nudge each other and give each other side eyes because they'd all say, well, we know that it makes us look a lot better. And we do have to admit that. So that was very endearing to see. Absolutely. You, you spent some time in Cholas in California. Can you talk about their use of eyeliner, both for beauty and, and for resistance? Yeah, I think that community in particular was so fascinating to me because I think it's the perfect embodiment of how beauty and beauty practices can actually be very political. So the the Chola community, um, their aesthetics are quite distinct. So they have heavily lined eyes with wings, lined lips, big hair, hoop earrings, nameplate necklaces, acrylic nails, really just such a fascinating um, and distinct look. And that look originated as part of sort of a resistance to pressure on the Mexican-American community to to assimilate into American culture. Um, And and aesthetics played a significant role in that because they were kind of discriminated against. Obviously, there was a lot of racism there as well. So this group was resisting by saying, look, we have our own distinct look and this is how we are going to identify and this is how we're going to continue to celebrate our heritage. And they did this in a way that I think was quite politically powerful. Speaking of, of cultural uh, you know, resistance, per se, can, can you talk about how women in the Middle East wear eyeliner to adhere to cultural and religious norms and also in resistance specifically in, in Iran? Yeah, I think Iran is quite a fascinating case here because, of course, women's bodies are policed in Iran. So the way that they present themselves is quite intentional and the face takes on outsized importance, as does their makeup choices. So cosmetics were officially banned in the 1979 Islamic Revolution. So therefore, um, women tended to avoid um, makeup in certain contexts and situations at the same time. Actually, they started wearing a lot of it (laughs) because they didn't have ways to self-express um, in, in, let's say, the, the, with the flexibility that Western women have, as, as an example. So Iran is actually one of the biggest consumers of cosmetics in the world and the second biggest consumer in the Middle East after Saudi Arabia. And what's quite interesting there is that, um, you know, liquids, eyeliner and wings might be making a statement that's quite different than, let's say, a naturally um, produced eyeliner, which is called sorme in Iran, that is applied in quite a subtle way along the water lines that would be considered Islamically permissible. So we see that that's a very fine line in different forms of expression. And that's a nuance that I very much explore in this chapter of the book. And is it quite different in different parts of the Middle East? What people, I, what women or, or, or men are trying to say with their eyeliner? I think so. I think it's very difficult to generalize given how vast the Middle East is, and it really depends on the country. But I would say that in general, the use of coal or naturally produced eyeliner, you see a sort of an intersectionality there with different countries and communities where they're all using it for similar purposes. So to express religiosity or to protect against the glare of the sun. Um, but also, you know, th- there's definitely an influence of a sort of globalization whereby people experiment with different styles and are conveying different messages depending on those styles. So it's quite um, interesting to see that self-expression, I would say, is the through line, but also um, eyeliner plays a significant role in heritage. I mean, coal is mentioned in literature, in poetry. The idea of an Arab woman being quite beautiful is inherently tied to the beauty of her eyes and her eyes being darkened. So it does carry that weight as well.
We're talking with journalist Zara Hanker about her new book, Eyeliner, A Cultural History, which explores how eyeliner is a vehicle for self-identity, self-expression, and empowerment. She's also the author of Our Women on the Ground, essays by Arab women reporting from the Arab world. And we want to hear from you. Why do you wear eyeliner? Why do you put it on in the morning? What are you trying to express when you do so? How does it make you feel when you're wearing your eyeliner? And what styles do you love? Give us a call at 866-733-6786. Again, that's 866-733-6786. Or you can email your comments and questions to forum at kqed.org. Or find us on Twitter, Instagram, or our digital community on Discord. One listener writes, can can listener, oh, right, can I make... Um, she says, can listeners make any of those authentic eyeliner options at home? Can you make Cole or Sorme at home? You absolutely can. Um, there, there's, it's quite a sort of um, straightforward way to make the eyeliner, which is that you would take the natural substance, whatever substance that you um, want to use, such as plants, let's say, and then burn that substance. And then that substance creates ashes or soot, as I said earlier. And then you would just... Um, make sure to use a liquid to deposit the material onto the eye. So you need not not many um, uh, items to actually make the eyeliner at home. And there are pr- plenty of tutorials. I would just say to be very careful what substance you do choose to use and to make sure that you're uh, making the eyeliner in a, in a um, sort of a safe uh, environment, given that it does require uh, a flame uh, and then you know making the eyeliner from the suit. What do you use? Do you buy your eyeliner at CVS or are you making one of these products? <laughs> I'm certainly not doing that at home myself. <laughs> I'm, I'm picking up the uh, the eyeliner myself from uh, when I travel to the Middle East. So it's very easy to go to markets there and to, to buy naturally produced eyeliner from, from back home. And I travel to the Middle East very regularly. But for the liquid eyeliner, I use NYX NYX, which has a really good um, liquid formulation that I love to use on my lids. But in the Middle East, a lot of people do make it at home, correct? To, to save money or, or potentially because they have access to these natural products? Certainly, it's it's um, especially in rural communities. Um, people make it at home still in the same way that it, it has been made at home for centuries. But they also buy the, the materials from markets as well, and they might buy Western eyeliner that's sold at, at you know their cosmetic stores. So it's really a, a big mix. But certainly, a lot of people do make it at home still. Yes. Awesome. Uh, A listener writes, I started wearing eyeliner in high school and definitely feel incomplete without it. Even in college, when I was always running late to class, I would at least put on eyeliner. I tend to use a brown pencil liner for every day and black liquid liner for evening or to look more elegant. Liner is so powerful and it definitely feels like a little goes a long way. I only line my upper lids because I feel like putting it on my lower lids is too much. Uh, Let's go to a caller, Jennifer in Sunnyvale. You're on the air. Thank you so much. I, I was so excited to hear about this because I've been wearing um, a pencil on my uh, water crease line since sophomore year in college when my roommate introduced it to me that there was even a water line possible. And if I had one piece of makeup that was the only one I could wear, it's what I would do. And it's a deep blue and my eyes are blue and it just gives me like I can, it makes my day like I am fine if I have my water line blue on. <laughs> did you hear, Zara, did you hear a lot of people, a lot of women, men, uh, reflect similarly when uh, when they read the book or as you were working on it? Oh, of course, because eyeliner plays such a significant role to people when it comes to this idea of transformation. They feel like they're really 
um, coming into their own, that they're feeling more confident when they're wearing it. They're feeling like they can get the day started. Uh, you know, just like your caller said, it, it really it's almost empowering in a way because it feels like it brings out the inner beauty in some ways. So I appreciate that idea as well, that lining your eyes with blue liner, for example, if you have blue lines, plays uh, even more um, significant role in enhancing the eyes. And it was the same with my mother, actually, because she has green eyes and she would sometimes use green formulations as well. So I love to hear that. Uh, going back to Jennifer, uh, how does how does it make you feel uh, that when your when your eyes are lined? Uh, well, um, I actually feel confident and pretty. Like I, I normally like without it, I'm devastated. I mean, it's, it's, it's sad, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these are my best feature, and uh, and I'm very pale and very Irish, and um, so it just it's it's a lifesaver, which is just hilarious to say because I'm otherwise not you know worried about other things as much. <laughs> <laughs> a listener on Discord writes, fascinating topic, and I need to check out this book. Eyeliner and lipstick are my favorite makeup. While lipstick can be colorful and wild, eyeliner is a strong, steady force that makes my eyes distinct, even though I wear glasses. What would you say eyeliner was doing for Amy Winehouse? I think folks are probably fairly familiar with the pop star um, and her large wings. What was she saying and what did it mean to her, do you think, Zara? Well, first, I have to say I'm, I'm such a huge fan of Amy Winehouse, and I always felt like her lines imparted almost a rebellious look. Um, initially, when, when she started out, her lines were a lot more modest and subtle. And then I think as her fame grew, so did her wings. So eventually, they kind of reached the edges of her eyebrows and sometimes her temples. And I feel like she, she was inspired by so many different genres and girl groups and looks, but she really made that look her own. And what I tend to say is that I don't think any other celebrity has really created such an uh, unique and distinct aesthetic as Amy Winehouse in the way that it's sort of etched into our collective collective consciousness. And to me, she's one of the great eyeliner icons in the same way that Nefertiti is. But at the same time, what's important to note is that she was actually critiqued a lot for that aesthetic. Sometimes people would critique her for having imperfect lines or smears or smudges around her eyes. And, um, you know, of course, that's part and parcel of sort of the, the press really happy women for their physical appearances and uh, it's quite tragic because she wasn't really celebrated in the public eye until after she died but I, I I feel like she was making more of a statement when she wasn't wearing her eyeliner than when she was because her eyeliner became sort of part and parcel of her look along with her um, beehive so I think it's important to know all of those narratives that were swirling around her but I feel like she was really coming into her own rather than wearing a mask it was almost like she was saying I'm Amy Winehouse and this is how you take me and this is my look and I loved that about her I loved how bold it was well, speaking of, of how it, you know, sometimes you wear it, sometimes you don't, and what, what that means, a listener writes, in high school, I used to wear eyeliner to change the shape of my eyes. I'm Asian, and I really hated the shape of my eyes growing up. Looking back, my eyeliner never looked good. Now, I love my eyes, and I only wear eyeliner to enhance the shape of my eyes. Uh, Zara, can you talk about how eyeliner, you know, can be used kind of for everyday use versus some of the more elaborate uses, such as in uh, the, I mean, hopefully I won't butcher this, Katakali Theater in India? Yeah, actually, India is such a great example um, because kajal is used daily um, to enhance the eyes and as part of their beautification process. And in the same way, coal is very present in Arab culture. It's the same thing in India. If you look at Bollywood, if you look at literature and poetry and song, kajal is so, so present there. 
Um, and also, I do want to note as well that um, kajal has been used historically to, um, you know, apply to the to the eyes of newborns or onto their foreheads uh, as a form of sort of repelling the evil eye. So that's quite important. Um, in terms of sort of the more dramatic uses of eyeliner in performance and dance in India and in other cultures as well, the lines really, really can be very, very elaborately drawn. And that is with the goal and the purpose of decorating the eye, enhancing the eye and allowing it to be seen from a distance so that audiences can, you know, their attention can really be drawn to the glances of the dancer or the performer. And I think Katakali was very sort of interesting to me because it's called the eye dance. So um, the eyes are used to tell stories as well as hand gestures. And it was just so fascinating to see the central role that um, Kajal and eyeliner plays in the decoration of the eye in that specific context. And again, we see that in other cultures as well. But it was really fascinating to observe up close. How long does it take to apply it when it is that intricate? So from what I observed uh, from Kathakali dancers backstage, it took them about half an hour to sort of master the eye makeup. But of course, it takes upwards of an hour to do the rest of the facial makeup. And I think that that's so important just to show just how much intentionality goes into the beautification process. But really, it's quite ethereal for them because for them, you know, one of the dancers I spoke to said, you know, beauty to us isn't sort of your your face or your neck or your hair or your body. It's It's the feeling that we give you and that feeling we get or the feeling that we deliver to you is channeled through the eyes. And I found that really, really quite profound. We're talking with journalist Zara Hankir about her new book, Eyeliner, A Cultural History, and it explores how eyeliner is a vehicle for identity, for self-expression, for empowerment, as we've heard from our listeners. And we want to hear from more of you. Why do you wear eyeliner? What are you trying to express when you put it on in the morning? How does it make you feel? And what styles do you love? Tell us about Tell us about those styles. Tell us about how you learned how to do it. And if you have any recommendations, give us a call at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Or email your comments and questions to forum at kqed.org. Or you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, or on our digital community, Discord. Uh, Zara, what about traveling? It sounds like you went all over the world for this book. What was the most fascinating or surprising place you visited? I did. I traveled to six different locations. Um, It was quite difficult because I have to say it was during the pandemic and there were so many COVID restrictions. And I also wanted to be sensitive to the situation in each country when I was traveling there. I think one of the most interesting experiences outside of the experience in Chad was my trip to Japan. Um, Japan was one of the sort of most tightly restricted countries in the world when it came to lifting COVID restrictions. And when I traveled there, I had to get special permissions to go with a travel group. So it was virtually free of tourists. And I got to spend really intimate time with some geisha, uh, members of the geisha, millennial geisha in particular. So to be able to spend all that time in tea houses and to not have any tourists there or any noise there was really quite intimate. And I'm very grateful to them for welcoming me into that community. Beautiful. I want to hear more about the geishas, but we have to take a break. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. 
Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. We left off there, Zara, talking about geishas in Japan. Why do they wear eyeliner? What did you learn from them? What was that experience like? It was really quite fascinating to observe the makeup process for the geisha. I will say that it's quite their, their makeup is quite elaborate, as you will have observed. Many of you, they use very thick white foundation, and then they outline, outline their eyes with both black and red eyeliner. And the red plays actually quite a significant role because in ancient Japan, it was believed that red would again protect against the evil spirits. And like I said, we see that across other cultures as well. So to see that intersectionality is really quite interesting. Um, red, white, and black are traditional Japanese colors that are, are used across art in Japan. So to ensure that their eyes stand out, they use those classic colors because contrast actually really uh, helps there as well. And the red was often a source from safflower petals too to accentuate the eyes. So again, we see that natural substance being used to accentuate the eyes. So um, that was quite uh, interesting because eyeliner served like a protective and a spiritual role. But it, gradu- it gradually evolved evolved into a status symbol and an expression of personal beauty. And that was shaped by um, different influences, including Chinese influences, Western influences. And today, uh, we see a lot of K-beauty or Korean beauty influences uh, amongst the younger generation who are experimenting with their eyeliner looks. But yeah, the use of eyeliner sort of with the geisha community and then amongst Japanese people is quite different, but also linked at the same time. This fall, we did a show on, on K-beauty. So what is the hot there? Because that is all the trend. Yeah, so we see a lot of uh, interesting graphic liner styles uh, in Japan. And I remember when I went to this big department store, they had like a whole section devoted to eyeliner. And there's just so much experimentation there in terms of the colors and the patterns used. And I felt, I have to say, quite outdated with my like Amy Winehouse and Nefertiti lines. But yeah, there's a lot of experimentation there um, in terms of sort of uh, self-expression through the use of eyeliner. So that was fun to observe amongst sort of the younger um, generation. Fascinating. Well, let's bring a caller into the conversation. Rosa in Brentwood, you're on the air. Hi, thank you. Uh, just wanted to share uh, the eyeliner experience for me was the first time was watching my mother as a little girl get ready to go out or get ready for the day and putting her eyeliner on. And she's passed now, but as I'm I'm older now and um, I put my eyeliner on, I can't help but go back and think about her every time I put my eyeliner. So I, I feel like we have that uh, connection. And, and it just I just remember how beautiful in all her pictures. And she has those wings on, on her eyes. Thank you. Beautiful connection. Uh, let's go to uh, Suzanne in Oakland. You're on the air. Suzanne? Hi. I'm a senior. And one of the features 
that I really like are my eyes. I have hazel eyes and kind of big wild hair. And the liner is such a tool and fun thing that it just, I mean, those are the windows to your soul, I do believe. And to play them up, it's a good thing. I also think this is a tool that for men and women, because everybody likes um, a little drama, a little spice, and uh, I just think it's it's a fun, fun, fun thing. And um, my um, my son and his partner were here, and he's a twin, and his sister did their makeup, and they went out for Halloween when he was visiting, and oh my God, it was just so much fun watching them makeup beautiful Suzanne. uh, yeah i just wanted to share that and oh oh the last thing i have been looking for an aubergine color of liner which is very 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 hard to find um if anybody knows anywhere to find i've been to mac i've been to sephora and they have the usual plain old you know thing so zara do you have any recommendations for aubergine that color is kind of like an eggplant color yeah, I think Kulfi actually has one. So that's K-U-L-F-I. So I would look that up. They have one that's quite close. Beautiful. Let's go to one more caller. Uh, Eileen in Richmond, you're on the air. Hi, thanks. Um, I started wearing eyeliner in high school, and that was many, many years ago. Um, so now that I'm a senior citizen, I'm, it's not as easy to put the eyeliner on anymore. It's like my skin tugs or the, the pencil tugs my skin and it it never comes out as smooth looking as it used to and i was wondering if there's um a way to deal with that or if i should try a different formulation or what any thoughts Sarah? Yeah, that's a great question. Not the first time that I hear it. And I have to say, of course, uh, with age and same with me, you know, a few years ago, I used different types of eyeliner as well. Um, I think what might work is if you use a sort of a pencil along the waterline. I think if you keep that qu- quite subtle, you can also do it not just on the lower waterline, but the upper waterline as well and avoiding the lid area because that gives you some enhancement for your eye whilst uh, not having to deal with the, the skin around the lid. Um, so I find personally as well that it's much easier for me to apply liner um, on my uh, water lines. And then with age, I do agree, it becomes a little bit more difficult to apply the wings on the lids. But I do think you do not have to relinquish your eyeliner. My grandma wore eyeliner until the day she died. She lived a very, very long life and she wore coal along her water lines every single day of her life. So I'm a firm believer in that, and I'm going to continue wearing it myself. (laughs) Kit writes, uh, any comments on permanent eyeliner? I had permanent eyeliner done several years ago because I love waking up with it already on. Yeah, a few people have mentioned this to me. I mean, tattooed eyeliner doesn't last forever. Obviously, I think it lasts for two to three years. Personally, I haven't done it yet because I like the idea that I can kind of remove it and then reapply it and experiment with shapes. And I don't want to have like a line that I have to adhere to as I'm doing that. But, um, you know, I I think I may actually try it out because so many people have reached out to me and have been praising tattooed eyeliner. So we'll see. Uh, Kit also asks, can you explain more about how eyeliner protects the eye for medicinal purposes? 
Yeah, I think um, it really depends, obviously, on the formula used. There have been studies that show that some of these natural formulas and the ingredients used can stimulate an immune response in the eye that can um, treat the eye of bacterial infections and other ailments. Uh, but again, it really depends on the materials used. So, I mean, this is this practice has been going on for centuries amongst uh, different communities, again, starting in ancient Egypt. But I would be very, very wary of, of certain products that say that they do this, especially if there's any lead content in there. So I would just say be careful. But um, if you are going to explore natural formulations, but yeah, there have been scientific studies that show that natural materials can, uh, can uh, produce an immune response. Just to hit that point again, so lead is in some eyeliners, right, in some natural formulations historically. Yes, uh, lead was used in, in ancient Egypt, and there have been studies that have shown that a very, very, very small amount of lead, like traces of it, um, can be beneficial because it provokes an immune response. I'm just very careful when I mention lead because it is actually a significant cause for concern today in some um, different uh, countries around the world that um, some formulations do have just too much lead that is in- incredibly harmful to the eye. So I'm very careful when I say that. So be be wary of, of any um, formulations that contain lead. But yes, it, it has been used historically in ancient Egypt and in some places lead is still used today. I think I'm going to skip that option. That seems a little bit scary to put <laughs> yes, lead. Yes, I lead would advise my... <laughs> skipping any any amount of lead. Yeah. Uh, well, let's bring KC into the conversation. KC and Alameda, you're on the air. Hi, thank you. Um, when I was a young teen, a tween, my sister was teaching me how to do makeup, and she said, don't use eyeliner because you'll never like your face without it again. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> So I waited until probably my 20s before I started using eyeliner, and she was right. And Ah! now I won't go a day without it. (laughs) All right. Well, Joanne in San Francisco has a different opinion. So let's go to Joanne in San Francisco. Hi. Thank you so much. I am a literally a lifelong foreign lover. In any case... I, it's not really a different opinion, just your thoughts on something. So my mom has never worn makeup um, and never actually gone to a hair salon or anything. And um, well, she does wear lipstick. She has beautiful full lips and she does wear lipstick. But besides that, and I tend to, I like faces without makeup too. It may just because that's how I grew up in the same way you were talking about with your mom and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, but recently my mom made an interesting point and I thought it was kind of amusing and and kind of true and I want your thoughts um she said it almost seemed in many ways but one aspect of our convo was visually that we've kind of gone back in time and she said it seems almost that opposed to like maybe the 70s when it was women were more free not to wear makeup um she said it seems almost more and more that women are supposed to wear makeup anyway mm-hmm. it was kind of an interesting interesting point um mm-hmm. so that was all. I just wanted your thoughts on that and um, your book sounds fascinating. Thank you so much and happy holidays. Thank you and happy holidays to you. Um, first thing I really want to say, I'm so excited to hear all these stories about mothers and daughters. And I actually say in my introduction in the book that eyeliner tells so many stories about mothers and daughters. Uh, so thank you for sharing your story. Um, I think that, of course, it does vary depending on the decade. There are different eyeliner styles and there's like the no makeup makeup look. And right now there's something called graphic eyeliners w- with people experimenting, especially on social media with so many different looks. Um, But actually, what's so interesting about eyeliner is that it is not viewed as makeup 
in so many different cultures, especially in the global south. It is viewed as simply a part of one's day. It is viewed as sort of an essential part of preparing for the day. And because the purposes go beyond beauty, and I've already outlined those purposes, it is not looked at in all of these cultures as a way to kind of alter the way that you look. It is looked at as a way to kind of celebrate your heritage and to connect to something that's far bigger than yourself. So I actually, I've stopped looking at eyeliner as a beauty product, even though I know, of course, that it beautifies the eye. So that has been my approach to eyeliner. And I think that um, people will continue to line their eyes um, all over the world. And I think that the more knowledge that we gain about the purposes of eyeliner and the history of eyeliner, perhaps people will also start to not look at eyeliner as makeup anymore. I look at eyeliner as quite empowering in a way that doesn't mask the face. To me, it's funny. My boyfriend always jokes with me that he he thinks that I need to like not wear eyeliner all the time and that it's okay to stop wearing it sometimes. And I say, actually, for me, I'm not hiding anything. I feel like I'm expressing, like I'm decorating my face with my heritage. So I hope that people can start to look at eyeliner differently after reading my book. Just to underline that, decorating your face with your heritage. That's that's a yes. beautiful, beautiful language. <laughs> uh, you're, we're talking with journalist Zara Hunk here about our new book, Eyeliner, A Cultural History, which explores how eyeliner is a vehicle for identity, for self-expression, for empowerment, which we've heard throughout the hour. You're listening to Forum. I'm Leslie McClurg. I'm in from Mina Kim. And we want to hear from you. Why do you wear eyeliner? What are you expressing when you put it on in the morning? How does it make you feel? Who taught you how to apply it? Give us a call now at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Or email your comments and questions to forum at kqed.org or find us on Twitter, Instagram, or our digital community on Discord. I especially welcome uh, comments or questions from men. I would love to hear their thoughts on eyeliner. A listener writes... Creole, Creolin on Union Street has extensive color selection and formulation. Obviously, I haven't been to that store if I'm saying that wrong. I bet you can find a good aubergine color eyeliner there. For aging, for aging my skin, I find the liquid eyeliner pens go on more smoothly. Thank you for that tip. And another listener writes, eyeliner was my favorite form of makeup from the age of 15 on. Unfortunately, I have an eye condition that required eye surgery and my eyes are now very sensitive. Do you have any recommendations for an eyeliner for sensitive eyes? Zara? Oh, gosh. Uh, I'm quite wary to say anything in terms of uh, sensitive eyes, given, um, you know, I feel like it might be better to get recommendations from a medical practitioner. <laughs> um, but I do think that maybe um, liquid eyeliner that doesn't actually get close to the eyeball might be very helpful because that way you're, you're even if your eyes are sensitive, it's sort of a little bit farther away than if you were applying the line to your waterline, for example. But again, I'm, I'm just a bit wary there because I'm not sure what the condition is. Um, but liquid eyeliner can help. And, and another listener writes, what about colors for specific eyes or skin tone? Do you have recommendations? Oh, yeah, that's such a good question. Um, like I like I said, uh, my mother has green eyes and she lines her eyes with green because, you know, it really brings out the color if you have blue or green eyes, as your caller said earlier as well, blue for blue eyes. Actually, Princess Diana used to wear blue eyeliner because she had blue eyes. So, um, so did uh, Elizabeth Taylor in the very famous film Cleopatra. So I think if you're matching the, uh, the eye color, it can really bring out the eye. But also, I really want to encourage listeners to experiment. There are so many different colors. There are so many different applications. And it can take a while to land on something that might suit you and your uh, skin tone and also your eye shape. So I would encourage experimentation there. 
And we mentioned this, but for those who are just tuning in, Nicole writes, once the Islamic Iranian Republic regime took over in 1979, all women were forced to hijab. Women used eyeliner and dramatic makeup to fight the mandatory veils. Of course, the new revolution in Iran, my... My women has increased eyeliner and make us used to sorry this little and makeup use to fight Asia, ancient Persia, well known for dramatic eyeliner. You write about this. Any further comments you want to make about Iran? Yeah, um, thank you so much to to that listener for writing in. For sure, um, eyeliner, not just eyeliner, lipstick and nail polish have been used. Um, as sort of a subtle way to resist the restrictions that are imposed upon women. And I do mention this in the chapter of the book that women have used eyeliner in very creative ways in that context. Social media also plays a role. And with the younger generation, as I've already said, they've experimented with things like wings. So I really think it shows a resourcefulness and the resilience of Iranian women, the way that they've used their eyeliner. But also it's an expression of their heritage again, because in, in ancient Persia, eyeliner had been used. And actually different colors of eyeliner had been used and quite Quite elaborate formulations of eyeliner had been used, sometimes made from pearls and gold and silver, depending on on the formulation that was quite luxurious. So that's quite fascinating to the heritage of, of uh, Iran. Uh, well, let's go to Helene in San Francisco, and thank you for your patience, Helene. Hi, I wear I wear eyeliner every day. Don't leave home without it. I'm a CVS eyeliner wearer, the L'Oreal Liquid Eyeliner. And I like to shape mine a lot like Taylor Swift's. And this conversation made me think of her excellent line, draw the cat, bot, cat eye sharp enough to kill a man. And it's so powerful mm-hmm. and sassy. And I love it. We probably it's, want to hear that. Yeah, it's actually oh, mentioned yeah. in, in my book, too. I do use that line in my book. Yeah, it's a great line from Taylor Swift. I've, I've had no success with killing man with the sharpness of my wings, but that remains, <laughs> remains to be seen. <laughs> but actually, one, one listener once, um, or reader once told me that she feels that eyeliner is almost like daggers on her eyes. And I love that, too. That's how empowering it can be. So it's such a wonderful message. Well, we will we will hear that song. We've been talking with uh, journalist Zara Hankir about her new book, Eyeliner, A Cultural History, which explores how eyeliner is a vehicle for identity, self-expression and empowerment. And if you're not convinced, I'm convinced I'm going to move beyond my cartoon looks (laughs) and try eyeliner. Zara, thank you so much. Thank you. It's been such a joy. This hour was produced by Blanca Torres. I'm Leslie McClurigan from Mina Kim. This is Forum. Thank you for calling and listening today. I don't start it, but I can tell you how it ends Don't get sad, get even So on the weekends I don't dress for friends Lately I've been dressing for revenge She needed cold hard proof, so I gave her some had the envelope where you think she got it from Now she gets the house, gets the kids, gets the pride Picture me thick as thieves with your ex-wife And she looks so pretty Driving in your bands Lately she's been dressing for revenge She don't start it, but she can tell you how it ends Don't get sad, get even So on the weekends She don't dress for friends Lately she
she's been dressing for revenge. Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.